and welcome back to Bo My God. I'm your host, Bo Bradley. My pronouns are he and they. On this episode, we're going to continue our Pride Month theme of inclusive and educational organizations and recognize a nonprofit organization that has a very special place in my heart. Before we get there, though, let's do a brief recap of last week. We sat down with Intercycle Community Leads, Chesley, Claudia, and Max from the Period Lifestyle brand August. We discussed dignified and inclusive periods, the who, what, why of the organization, and got some deets about their Gen Z-led community, the Inner Cycle. For more information about August or the Inner Cycle, you can check them out at www.itsaugust.co or on social media at It's August or at It's August Co. So some of you may remember back in December when we had some great folks from Cheer Seattle come talk to us about what it's like to be part of their organization, to be a volunteer cheerleader, and they really spoke to the importance of chosen family and about personal experiences related to the holidays and being a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Anyways, if you do remember this, you might remember that we discussed Cheer Seattle is a member team of the Pride Cheerleading Association, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that is an affiliation of member teams that are united by a common philanthropic mission of supporting individuals living with life-challenging conditions in the LGBTQ plus community and beyond. Today, we are going to sit down with some of the key players from PCA, again, that stands for Pride Cheerleading Association. We're fortunate enough to have five wonderful guests today, including some PCA founders, members of their board of directors. We'll be joined by Sarah, Colin, Lena, Wynn, and Anthony. These great folks are going to talk to us a little bit about Pride Cheerleading Association, who they are, what they do. They're going to share some PCA history with us, and we're going to talk about charitable cheerleading, the Federation of Gay Games, aka the Queer Olympics, and so much more. I'm so excited for you to hear from each and every one of these individuals, so let's get into it. I'm going to have everyone briefly introduce themselves as they speak for the first time so that you can put voices to names. So let's get started with a brief introduction from Sarah Tugood. Sure. My name is Sarah Tugood. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And my connections to PCA are vast and varied. I started with Cheer San Francisco from 2010 to 2014 as a performing member, a captain, an assistant coach, a coach, kind of graduated very quickly as roles turn over very quickly in PCA. I then moved to Seattle. I co-founded Cheer Seattle. I was a performing member for maybe eight weeks until I announced my immediate pregnancy. <laughs> so, so that kind of slowed things down um, for the performing, which gave me ample opportunity to do more administrative stuff, which I found out I was actually really good at and enjoyed. After having to leave Seattle, only being there for a very short time, roughly 40 weeks, nine months, had the kid le- left. Uh, I kind of knew this in advance because it was based on my husband's job. We left Seattle basically with the plans of forming PCA worked with the leaders of the current teams that were like PCA teams and PCA in name only. There were six of them and we worked together to co-found PCA in 2015, became a legal entity in 2016. So my roles are co-founder of Cheer Seattle, former performing member of Cheer San Francisco and co-founder, currently secretary of the board of PCA. And PCA is an affiliation of adult volunteer cheerleaders for charity. And you're going to hear those words a lot in this conversation. And I hope you have some context for what those two things are. That's awesome. How about we move to you, Anthony? My name is Anthony Chavera. My pronouns would be he, him. And I am the program director for Cheer San Francisco. And my connection to PCA is I've been part of Cheer SF for the last 14 years. So definitely a PCA volunteer. And for several years, I believe it was 
three years, three and a half years, I was the president of Pride Cheerleading Association. So PCA was more of a concept than idea. It was a way to identify the few teams that existed or volunteers that came together in like the early 2000s. Yes, there were six of them and we worked together to co-found PCA. When you've also been around PCA and Cheer San Francisco for a very long time, let's move to you. My name is Wynn Pham, he, him, his, and I joined Cheer San Francisco in 2002 and currently am about to wrap my 19th year with the team. Been doing this for a really long time and proud of everything that I've been able to do, even proud of the injuries that I've sustained, but also very, very proud of the achievements. I think personally, my favorite memory doing a PCA activity occurred during Gay Games 10 in Paris, which was, this This was three years ago, 2018. And on top of competing as a cheerleader with GSF and performing as a PCA cheerleader at the opening ceremony and at the cheerleading exhibition and competition, but I was also selected to be an MC of the cheerleading competition and exhibition, which is great because not only could I represent my team, Cheer SF, as this whole competition experience was proceeding, but I also got to draw on my high school French, which it had been quite a while since high school French, but being able to leverage those linguistic capabilities in front of this audience of strangers people who are just curious about cheerleading, people who are French, but people who are also from all over the world because it was gay games, and my own family. My mom and my brother flew in to Paris just to watch me perform and cheer and MC this weird thing at this gay games event. And they're both very fluent in French. They're much better at it than I am. And for them to have seen me do that and enjoy it and be proud of me, I think that is probably my favorite memory because it it involved not only my CheerSF family and my PCA family, but also my given family that I was born with. And I will never forget that moment. That's incredible. That's quite an accomplishment. You can't talk about PCA without talking about gay games. So Gay Games, it was founded in 1982 by Tom Waddell, who was a former Olympian himself. Um, this idea of the Olympics for the LGBTQ community was very exciting. And the epicenter in San Francisco in the 80s was just the perfect spot to have community, have cheer, have purpose, and continue to do those various sports that a lot of the people in the community did. So the Gay Games was founded in 1982, and there were charitable cheerleaders at this event. We did not have the name PCA. We did not even have the name Cheer San Francisco back then, but it were it was those charitable cheerleaders in the Bay Area. They originated under the name the Hayward Raw Raws. And when can you tell us a little bit more about the Hayward Raw Raws and Cheer San Francisco? Sure thing. So again, Cheer SF back in 1980, 41 years ago, a man named Guy Andrade, who started this team called the Hayward Raw Raws. It was named that because it was started in the city called Hayward, which is here in the Bay Area in California. And he quickly realized that Hayward Raw Raws was performing well outside of the confines of Hayward. So... He moved to the next biggest metropolitan area, San Francisco, renamed the team Cheer San Francisco, 
And that's how CheerSF has been known ever since then. I think this occurred in the mid to late 1980s. That's incredible. Colin, how about you introduce yourself and tell us more about the gay games. Absolutely. My name is Colin Feindel Milani. My pronouns are he, him, his, and uh, I am one of the board directors for PCA. I uh, started as a board director in January of 2020, and I'm also on the development committee, and I am the events committee chair. Gay Games is every four years, and it really is like the Gay Olympics. So there's a lot of different things. PCA has the unique position of being both a sport and part of the cultural ceremonies. So sport being when we actually have our fun cheerleading competition that we throw one day throughout the gay games, but we cheer at the opening ceremonies. We put together a multi-city routine. Um, we, we, put, we cheer on the parade of nations as everyone walks in and takes their seats. We do that same routine in Athletes Village. Just the fact that gay games is, exists is such a cool thing. Yeah, if, if, you've never, if you've never gone, whether you are part of a sport, get involved in a culture aspect, or just go to experience it. This was my first one, and I've had the opportunity to go to two, um, and I missed them. And so finally I went, and it was just like, what was I like? Why didn't I go? And something always came up, but I'm so glad I went. It was an amazing experience, and it's just it, – it's. Interesting to see, like living in San Francisco, we live in a bubble sometimes, and we're very, very lucky in this bubble. But you just go out a couple miles, and then you move to states and countries, and you see how different it is. And not everyone has our luxury of, you know, being able to be open. And that's not to say it's perfect here either, but we are leaps and bounds um, in a better situation than people in other places. Definitely. For sure. They are very seemingly intertwined. It was very obvious that for the community, the color, the culture, that cheerleading was inherent to the gay games. So like the Olympics, each four years new cycle of the gay games, there continued to be this very strong charitable cheerleading presence. Um, So it was only a matter of time before this grew from just those in San Francisco to similar like-minded groups of adult volunteer cheerleaders for the LGBTQ plus community in different cities. Speaking of different cities, Felina, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your member team? My name is Felina Eckley. My pronouns is she and her. And my connection to PCA started with a crazy online obsession in 2010 when I was living in Japan and decided to become obsessed with Cheer San Francisco to the point that I flew all the way to San Francisco to try out. And then I just have never lost the obsession since. <laughs> From Japan, you flew to San Francisco. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Even though I knew I could actually make tryouts, I still attended the tryout camps and I wanted to move to San Francisco. And I ended up in the Bay Area right before Pride. And I was helping out before Pride. And then I lost my job, like typical San Francisco tech type jobs ended up in Salt Lake City because you know that's where the parents live and that's where I had a roof over my head so I started Cheer Salt Lake and we've been going since 2011 and this year is supposed to be our 10th year anniversary but with COVID I don't even know for what we're gonna do with that (laughs) yeah Um, definitely some new challenges for sure so can you tell us a little bit more about 
what PCA does and who they are? Um, our The main mission is to unite, support, and develop charitable cheerleading teams across the world eventually. And that also is the vision we want in our perfect universe. Every major city in the world would have a charitable cheerleading team that's part of PCA. So how does PCA unite charitable cheerleading teams and charitable cheerleaders? Well, that is through our multi-team events. We bring teams together when it is safe and healthy to do so to perform in large public events that are usually pride celebrations or something similar um, in different cities around the world. When we are limited in travel, we unite in different ways for educational and social purposes as well, virtually. So that's unite. Support, how does PCA? PCA support? Well, internally, we support our member teams and our growing amount of teams and cities with new interest. We support them with resources, information, and that good old cheer behind every effort. There's lots of enthusiasm from PCA. We also support the community. So large, tangible donations to local charities in the cities in which we perform. We support the individual as well. This is something that is kind of underplayed, but the positive mental health benefits of being a cheerleader on a team that is inclusive, welcoming, visible, representative, these things can't be shouted about too much. So we we keep trying to bring those forward, even though we're very altruistic and it's for the community, it's for others. It's kind of for us too. So we hope to keep growing that us and making more and more of us. And that leads me into the last one, which is develop. So not only develop our current member team's sustainability and their you know best practices and whatnot, um, but also develop new teams. We've kind of gotten it down to a formula to be able to get this right. It still takes some time and some digging into the weeds, but we do really feel like at this point, we can develop new teams in a pretty formulaic way. Sarah Tugood. She is really one of the most energizer bunny is the best word name you can use to describe a woman. She's one of those like rare breeds of people you read about in science magazines that actually don't need sleep. She absolutely never stops. The woman is incredible. So she really was the one who sort of figured out and wrote down a formula for like, if you want to do this in your city, this is how we do it. So among, among other folks that were, you know, collaborators and some of those first founding directors, um, Sarah really like grabbed the bull by the horns, if you will. Sarah Tugut is really awesome. So that's like in a nutshell, uh, what we do. The original PCA team was Cheer San Francisco that's been, that was started over 40 years ago. And then a little bit more than tw- uh, 20 years ago, I guess there was first uh, Cheer LA was formed and then Cheer New York was formed. And so about 2004, when there was a few more teams, there was that was when it was first kind of conceived the idea of the Pride Cheerleading Association, which is what PCA is short for. Um, it's fun. The three words unite, support, and develop are really like you couldn't hit, for me, you couldn't hit the nail more on the three heads, if you will, because right now there are currently 13 official teams. There's more down the pipeline. And I would be doing a disservice if I didn't shout them all out in order. Cheer San Francisco, Cheer Los Angeles, Cheer New York, Chicago Spirit Brigade, Cheer Salt Lake, Cheer Seattle. It's like we're in a parade, my friends. Cheer DC, Capital Cheer Elite Storm. They're in Sacramento. They don't have their city name in their team, but they are still a PCA team. Cheer Tacoma, Cheer Colorado, Cheer Austin, Cheer PDX, and Cheer Philadelphia. Give it up, crowd! You know, it's a million other teams that want to be PCA team. Yeah, you know, I mean, I kind of equate it to anyone who has, if you went to a college that has a really active alumni association, 
And so, you know, in every sort of large major city, you can find, you know, the University of insert name here bar to go watch the football games, or if you were Greek or sort of any of those things, it really provides a community within each city. Yeah. It, it's really cool to see. I mean, our network is so big and people come and go, right? PCA really is, there's that poem, a season, a reason, a lifetime. That is a definition of PCA. I've been on the team 14 years, getting ready to kick off my 15th year. There are people on in San Francisco who have been there 20 years. We've been around for 41 years. And some people just need us for a, a bit. Some people need us for a little bit more. And some people, once you have felt the PCA family and that, you know, cheer for life mentality, it sticks around and you can't shake it. It will always be with you and it'll always be that special memory you had, whether you're active or just looking from a distance. I know I can show up to almost any of the 13 cities and I know at least one person who say, hey, I'm here. Where's a good place to go? Do you have any recommendations? Um, When's your practice? Maybe I'd love to stop by just because it's the best, it's sort of, you know, built-in community across the country. And with community, another big component, as Sarah said earlier, is charitable cheerleading. So could each of you share a little bit about what charitable cheerleading means to you? I have many answers to this question. Charitable cheerleading, first and foremost, it's a life for me. It's not just a lifestyle, it's a life. I have been involved as a cheer SF and PCA performer now for nearly 20 years my entire adult life. So I don't know life without it. It is also very much a lifestyle. It's a way of being. It is putting others before yourself. It is acknowledging the ability and the responsibility that you have to help others who might not be quite as fortunate as you. It is stressing yourself out to be the best that you can to ensure that you are presenting your own self, but also your PCA team's brand and PCA's brand in the best possible light, because you know that the impact and the reach that you have with your message and PCA's message can have implications on other people whom you will never meet and implications whose impact you will never know, but you know that by conducting yourself in the best way possible, that that impact is positive. Charitable cheerleading also, in the context of PCA, it can have kind of a double meaning. We can look at PCA as a resource, and we can also look at PCA as a collective. And it's important to acknowledge the distinction between those two. PCA as a collective, we're a family, and it's so wonderful to be a part of this weird, amazing, far-reaching family that will support each other. It's a very special place. And as a resource, and this is mostly for those who are thinking about joining or thinking about starting a PCA team, as a resource, PCA, there's nothing quite like this weird motley crew of quote-unquote old-ass cheerleaders who just can't give up being a part of this sport and especially can't give up the charitable elements and acknowledging the power that we have when we show up in a uniform, all smiles, promoting whatever message we're promoting, handing around our spirit buckets, collecting donations from our audience members, and giving all that right back to our communities. And so PCA as a resource, it's a, we're a resource to communities, we're a resource to burgeoning new teams. And as a collective, we're a resource to each other. We give each other life. 
And I think that's really poetic that we literally cheer for life. That's awesome. For me, I think the big, it, it's it's really interesting. I think being a charitable cheerleader, it's so much reward for me as a volunteer. And so this idea that I'm actually doing this to help other organizations, it, it's kind of a disconnect sometimes and it's mind blowing, right? Because I get so much out of it. So I say being a charitable cheerleader to me is the ability to help others and give back. You know, I, I didn't always have people to look up to though, you know, the, the time I, I came out and grew up was definitely different than it is today. And although it may look easier today, the people today are going to say in 10 years, God, it was hard for us. And we, so it's constantly moving. And so I think the proper way is, you know, you want to give back, you, we want to leave a mark. And I think that's the best thing I can do in the realm of charitable cheerleading. And it's the exposure to all the services that are out there and all these organizations and the understanding that, I'm very lucky in my position to do what I do because when you see these organizations and the services they provide and the people they help, you know, the grass is, isn't always greener where you're standing. So it's really awesome to be able to do my, my little part to make people's lives better. That's beautiful. Sarah, how about you? Um, you're talking to someone who has registered charities or has helped, you know, consultatively in registering charities in like six or seven different states. So charity is really specific to me. And you're talking to someone who has been a cheerleader for all of their adult life. I've been an all-star cheerleader, a high school cheerleader, a college cheerleader. I was on NCA staff for 12 years. So charitable cheerleading, those are like super loaded words semantically to me. So I'll try to bring it together and the commonality between charity and cheerleading, the, you know, the factor that brings it together and makes it distinct from other things is organization. <laughs> so yes, I'm a Virgo. I'm a speech pathologist. I'm a teacher by nature. So organization is very important. So here it is. Charitable cheerleading to me is an organized use of creativity enthusiasm and altruism and planning to amplify small donations into big impacts. So without organization, charity, you know, we, we would still have gifts of goodwill and, you know, this is human nature and we would still have acts of kindness. This is human nature, but organized charity invokes higher order human cognition so while that cheerleading, you know, which is this enthusiastic, athletic, synchronized group effort to support, if you apply organization to it and that philosophy of take small no donations and amplify into big impact, that is what charitable cheerleading is to me. Do you, is there like a tangible number of how many PCA cheerleaders or volunteers there are? It's a little in flux at the moment because a lot of teams are sort of figuring out what to do as we're all just like coming out of the pandemic. And in February of 2020, we could have all told you a very specific numbers, but last I knew it was over 500, give or take. And that's everywhere from, again, 13 cities, because a lot of us have many wonderful, wonderful volunteers that work with us that are not necessarily performing cheerleaders, but people that well, buckets that really work with us that to do everything to help fundraise and give back to the community, they just might not throw as many humans into the air. There are definitely many different things that people can help with besides throwing basket tosses. But so not only are there many cheerleaders and volunteers, but it is a diverse set of volunteer leaders. I think the world should definitely know about how diverse 
PCA is. And, you know, diversity is this metric thing. So we did what you're supposed to do and sent out a survey. Uh, It didn't look exactly like the national census, but it was pretty similar. It was a little more welcoming than that. It had a lot more categories and write-ins that you could send in because we wanted to know what people had to say about themselves, not which box they felt they fit in. So we sent out a survey last year and the responses showed us that, you know, in the race, heritage, ethnicity kinds of categories, we represent over 18 of those race, ethnicity, and heritages. So that's pretty cool. We eventually compared that to the results of the national census and the breakdowns for within PCA were pretty similar to the national census. So our reaction is, well, average is a great place to start. We need to do better. So we definitely took that as a sign that we are representative, but again, as a springboard to How can we use this information to be more welcoming, more inclusive? We are in the LGBTQ advocacy and intersectional space. Again, average is a good starting point, but working towards greater inclusion. No matter what team you're on, I think that you can find every shape, size, color under the sun. You name a human, it's you name a type or non-type of human, we have members. And that goes from the things you see, like height, color of skin, but it also goes with, I think every team has the people that are there because they can't give up cheerleading and want to keep stunting and doing whatever. And this is like something that works with their adult schedule. Cause all of it, you know, um, I heard last night at one of our coaches informal round tables that something that one of the teams say is like, they're like, okay, let's try it. But also remember, we all have to go into work in the morning. If we get hurt, we can't like call out of school the next day. Um, So you have those people that can't give up cheerleading. And then I also think it's those people that really always wanted to be a cheerleader and never had the opportunity collectively. And then everyone wants to make a difference and help in some sort of way. And you can sort of see the journey of one often leads to the other if a member is on the team for long enough. And I can attest as saying I was simply 21 and did not know how to stop cheerleading. And I was like, that sounds fun. And ooh, a gay team. How great. But yet I can't imagine not being a charitable cheerleader for my city and for my community. Yeah, You said you were on Seattle? Yes. How long? Just, this is my first season. Oh, first season. Oh, okay. Okay. That's cool. I never really thought about like the longevity of, of it before. You think that you have seen a lot of people who like stop physically participating, but maybe still stay around to do other things? I think it's both. And so I think this is one of the areas of transition that we have opportunity in. There's a physical aspect in when it's over, sometimes it's over for people, but there's a lot of other stuff. And I think the the one thing that came out of 2020 is really identifying that there's all these other pieces that we're trying to make work, but because it's, you know, we're doing the physical part, it doesn't lend itself. And so there's a lot of space for people who want to stop the physical part um, for various reasons and help out in other ways, whether it's marketing, communications, social media, there's just so much that you can actually do. And so if you want to step away from the physical part, there's always a place on a team. And even within PCA Incorporated, the organization, to keep it moving, that has nothing to do with the physical cheerleading itself. For sure. And I think another thing that's really interesting is, you know, we see the LGBT and the queerness of like this organization that comes together. And I think something that's really special is because we're very, we're like-minded people, you see a lot of allies come in. And so I think this is a huge benefit for not just us as individual teams, but as PCs as incorporated. And I think as gay people and straight people, I think it's really, really 
amazing because we educate the uh, our straight allies who are learning about our community and how how we work and how we function and how we see ourselves and we educate them right and they take the education and they help to make the world a better place because they take that information into bubbles that we don't have access to sometimes because people don't want to give us access other times just because we don't have the same circles and so when things are said and it's incorrect our allies educate those people and that's good for us that really helps us and it's a great way for people to understand the community and when someone knows someone in the queer community it's very different than just saying those people they respond very differently and we see that year and year as people start coming out um so i think it's a really cool thing and it's a really good thing for for lgbt people to see that the straight allies there's a lot of value in them and you know we move forward, but we don't move forward together. It takes the sum of all of us, gay and straight, to really make this happen. Definitely. I love that. So speaking of the good that PCA does, how much money has PCA raised so far? I should detail that question a little bit to make sure that we're not reporting something that's not exactly ours. Um, So the figure that we report is the total lifetime giving for PCA and its member teams. So PCA is a legal entity, a 501c3 nonprofit, as are all of the member teams. So when we report this big number, this is a combination of what PCA has raised and donated and what PCA member teams over their lifetimes have raised and donated. So the number as of 2000, like spring 2020, so it's got, it's grown since then, probably in tens of thousands. So that number is $1,154,525.86. The most important thing that PCA does is raise a hell of a lot of money for people who need it. An amazing, astonishing amount of money that we have raised. And by far, the charitable aspect is the most important. The social aspect is fun. The social aspect is amazing. But when we get down to it and we don't really compete with each other, but when it comes to fundraising, we compete with each other. (laughs) We're always trying to see which side, you know, will get more money. That is our competition. Healthy competition. It is a very healthy competition. And again, it really is, you know, it takes, it really does take a village because that's everyone from holding buckets in San Francisco to holding maybe a a virtual fundraiser in Seattle to be paid to do a booking event in Chicago or anything in between in New York City or Philly. Some of our teams pick very specific charities for individual events and time periods, if you will. Like um, I know Cheer Los Angeles goes to Long Beach Pride every year. And so for that period of time, they always fundraise for an AIDS organization that is in Long Beach, California specifically. Cheer New York, on the other hand, on top of giving smaller amounts of money to sort of as needed organizations throughout, Cheer New York and several others pick a different beneficiary each year and spend a year fundraising for that beneficiary and then write like a big old fat check at the end of the year. So amongst all of those different fundraising organizations, really reaching out to each individual community, I guess I always think of it as like, uh, you're all like, kind of cogs in the wheel with each of us working as hard as we can to have a tangible effect on our specific communities. It means that PCA itself reaches out to so many communities throughout the country. 
So PCA, the Pride Cheerleading Association, is not an umbrella. It's not on this triangle where we're at the top of the pyramid. It is definitely lateral for PCA and all of its member teams. So it's not a parent organization. It is not a fiscal sponsor. Both of those have legal definitions that we are not that. We, I want to say merely, but we are what unites, supports, and develops this idea. So PCA is not going to tell a team what to do, is not going to uh, structure the governance of a team. We'll guide, we'll learn together and make this phenomenon continue to grow. So tail end of that is the impact that PCA and PCA member teams can have is greatest when it is hyper-local. I'm sure a lot of your presenters and audience members are cheering with me when we say that hyper-local. The direct impact of a tangible gift is so much greater when it is to one of those local grassroots causes. So one of the things that we've learned recently is that you need to research your charitable donation recipients, your beneficiaries. Just knowing that they support an LGBTQ cause is important, but you have access. It's public record to look at their 990 and to see what their costs and revenues are like and to see you know, how they have been working with the sums they bring in to provide that outward support. So we really vet those beneficiaries and make sure that there is the greatest tangible impact per dollar donated. So then in January of this year, PCA hosted its first ever educational summit. Absolutely. That was a big ass undertaking. I have to say, outside of cheerleading, I am a stage manager in New York City, often on Broadway, sometimes off-Broadway or national tours. But the event land and managing events is not a foreign concept to me. But normally, PCA is a big event that we do is going to the Sin City Classic, which is a multi-sport big championship over Martin Luther King weekend in January in Las Vegas. We go and we, we fundraise, we have our own competition, we also cheer on other sports. It's great. Because of the pandemic, it became very clear that we were not be able to attend in person this year. When we were faced with limitations on appearing in public, I mean, local within our cities and doing that travel that we love so much from, you know, bringing our teams together in multiple cities for their pride parades, we were faced with this silver lining of this is a moment to reflect, to look inward and to speak outward. And the coolest part, we actually had, I mean, I'm sure you're aware that during COVID, Broadway shut down. And so this was a disaster for the entire theater community, which we have friends in. Um, So we had, luckily, again, that silver lining of COVID, we had four Broadway stage managers, like the people running the whole thing, four of them running our educational conference. And let me tell you, I will never do another one of these things unless I have Broadway stage managers because they are people, people. They know how to communicate to everyone at any time, at any level. And they're very responsive to like anxiety, instant need questions. And they're just very calm, receptive, and can solve a problem very quickly. So we are very grateful to our four Broadway stage managers, I should probably say their name, but it was, it was Johnny, Alex, Libby, and Sarah. They did a fantastic job. Yes. Also, way to set the bar really high right off the bat. (laughs) I know. This is like Caitlin and Colin's fault. (laughs) Colin, give us your take on the summit. The uh, president of PCA, Caitlin Mesher, 
and I spoke about what can we do to keep that weekend on the books for our cheerleading members? What can we do? And we had also had these pipe dreams of conversations that we've had about having some sort of PCA camp, if you will, like a weekend extravaganza where we can maybe like do some educational bits in the morning, some fun cheerleading in the afternoon, and then we can all hang out and get to know each other better socially in the evening. It was born from a text that said, low-key pipe dream educational conference. I, I received this test, this text. Usually when I receive these seeds of ideas, I go through like let's create some smart goals for this. What are the measurable steps? Um, but this was from our president. So I was like, okay, what can I do for you? Um, so it happened. And so what we did was we produced the first annual virtual PCA educational summit in bright lights. Prints designed for LGBTQ nonprofits, much like PCA and its member teams. It had a lot geared directly toward leaders and volunteers on our teams or potentially new teams. But it was definitely applicable to other like LGBTQ athletics organizations and smaller nonprofits in our community space. We, we dubbed each session either, it was either inspiration, education, or perspiration. And so we had uh, a combination of our internal PCA speakers as well as some outside paid speakers that are often speak at conferences and some discussion panels, which you moderated. Thank you so much. It's It was amazing. And yeah, so it was that's kind of what it was, starting as an idea of how, what can we do to help provide, again, to unite support and develop our teams, and what can we do in this weekend when we hope people are normally used to in the back of their minds, oh, this is a weekend for cheerleading. That's so cool. And Anthony, you also presented, could you tell us your take on the summit and what that was like for you? Yeah, so um, the educational summit, you know, it, 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 it's an exciting concept just to even think about it and became a reality. And so, I think at the heart of what that is, I would say that PCA is, as I said, we formalized and it became, what can we do? We're no longer just this title. We're an official organization. And how can we ensure that our member teams have what they need to fulfill the mission on the ground in the cities that they're, that they're at? How can we make sure that we are a valuable asset to them or a resource? And this, what can we do and give back to our teams who are actually doing the work is, I think, at the foundation of where we came with the summit. And so with the summit, it really was a way for PCA to show how they can actually give back to these teams so that they become stronger, they can they can fulfill their mission and raise more money and support more people in the LGBT community going forward. I did have the opportunity to be one of the guest speakers for one of the sessions. And I would say that one of the coolest things was the ability to actually take what I've learned through trial and error and play that forward to different leaders and to different volunteers who were curious to say, wow, 40 years you guys have been around. It, you guys make it look simple. It's not simple. And we're constantly stumbling, but to be able to show them what has worked and what hasn't, if we can make it that much easier so they don't have those struggles, then it's a success. And that's really, I think, what the educational part is. And it's just this, it's this wow factor as just a volunteer to say, we're doing it. Like PCA is actually doing this and the expansion of teams is happening because people don't have to guess anymore. And so, yeah, I, I look forward to next year's summit because this one was kind of a trial and it was a grand success. I think it went off so much better than I could have ever anticipated for a first round, both in a 
logistical standpoint, but also I think people really were inspired, educated, and I know people sweat. I did a little workout session and I was told people sweat. <laughs> I was told people sweat. So um, Summit at the end of it all had over a hundred attendees, which was amazing for us. We had no idea we were getting ourselves into and we actually purchased a platform that could handle that. So cheers to us for foresight. It was over 30 hours. There were over 45 presenters from our PCA member teams. Another exciting thing that happened for PCA over the past year was the designation as a safe space with the Safe Space Alliance. Could you explain a little bit about what that means and why we're all so excited about it? Sure. This was a surprise that got delivered to my inbox on my birthday of 2020. Um, I don't have to tell you what birthday that was. You can just make a guess. We got an email from Shannon, the founder of the Safe Space Alliance, and it said, you have been referred by the LGBTQI community. We are building a directory of safe spaces, not only physical spaces, but virtual spaces all over the world. Here, click here and look at all of our international partners. As I'm scrolling with my jaw dropping at all of these organizations, somebody, I, they didn't tell us who, but somebody referred us. So the Safe Space Alliance is an LGBTQIA plus led nonprofit organization that aims to help people identify, navigate, and create safe spaces for the LGBTQIA plus community worldwide. Being part of a safe space alliance is being part of a global and collaborative safe space community. So that is there. That's like what is the safe space alliance. And it couldn't have come at a better time when people were so separated because of the pandemic that people were really looking at being very introspective and how how can we help and how can we create a space for our members? Like what space we normally provide? How do we still provide it while we're separated and apart, you know? And then on top of after George Floyd was murdered, I know a lot of us really started looking introspectively again as well. Like, is this space that we assumed to be safe, is it really safe? And let's have conversations about if it's not, what are some tough conversations that we need to have? Yeah, I think that that was huge. You know, Cheers San Francisco being the granddad and the original charitable cheerleading team, right? We started as a group of gay men uh, at the height, at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. And really it was a way to combat the sadness that was going on and bring spirit to a very difficult time. We've come a long way since then. And so the idea of PCA taking on this, this uh, being able to have this title of a safe space is huge because that's what we always saw ourselves as, you know, as, as the LGBT community, our family many times is the people that we choose. And that's not always easy for everyone, but it becomes a reality and it becomes very special and unique when you can have this kind of camaraderie between people and friendship and family and love. Um, so to be identified that way, it's it's amazing because there are a lot of people who don't have that that situation. And so when they can look to us and not just see the glimmer of hope of what we do because of our mission, but understand that this is a place I could come and be myself and be accepted and, you know, help others, that's just an amazing thing. So I think it, it really fosters that sense of community that PCA brings together. It, it, it just comes out. And I think, you know, hopefully people listening do get that, that sense that this isn't just for show. Like we stick around because it really is what we talk about. I mean, you can look and say, oh, the stunting is really cool and it's fun what you guys do. And it's cool you guys raise money. That only lasts so, so long. People volunteer so many times. But the unity that's brought together by this idea of cheering for life and 
you know, PCA is a kind of a collective, it's what keeps people here. It really does. And I, I really think that's actually why people say is the community. You're so right. That's such a good point. In your opinion, what is the most important thing that PCA does? It's a tough question to answer because PCA does so many important things. For example, I can harken back to the mission, which is to unite, support, develop. It's such a special, meaningful mission because it's not really a self-serving mission. It's very outward-facing. It's very collective and collaborative. One thing that is data-driven by our own PCA teams and our volunteers. We've done plenty of word clouds as well. And we'll ask this question of our volunteers. And one of the biggest words that comes back in these word clouds is always community. And that word kind of means a lot of things to a lot of people. And it's a good thing that it does. But I think PCA does provide that sense of community, not just within each separate PCA team, which ends up being a little bit of a citywide family, but PCA as the collective is a community. It unites this entire network across thousands of miles and hopefully one day we'll return to be being international as well. But it's a really cool feeling just to be able to say, I am a part of a PCA team and that also means that I have friends all over the country and perhaps all over the world as well. It's a really exciting, rewarding feeling. Okay, so that depends on who you ask. We have actually recently asked the public about this. We put out some posts where people could uh, fill in some answers to questions, and then it generated these colorful rainbow word clouds. I do want to give you the top 10 in all of these word cloudages that we've had. We sent the feelers out publicly to our friends, fans, family, and followers. Uh, And we've also kind of established some internal think tanks to do this as well. The top 10 words were community, inclusion, support, diversity, fun, unite, grow, LGBTQ, authentic, and cheer. That's really on brand. I know, right? (laughs) We did a good job. So I know you didn't ask me to tell you what other people would say. So I'm going to give the Sarah two good answer. The most important thing is regeneration, creating something that can continue to create more somethings like itself. Maybe this comes from like being a mother of two and having regenerated, but it probably doesn't because I was doing a lot of this for PCA before the gestation happened. (laughs) So regeneration, growth, expansion, infiltration into people, into communities to make growth rapid and constant. If someone asked you today if they should get involved in PCA or a PCA member team, what would you tell them? Do it. What are you waiting for? For me, it has changed my life. Absolutely. I think it provides you a sense of community. I think it provides you a feeling of belonging. I think that physically it is very demanding, but also like if you're really interested in challenging yourself, the amount of people, some people, again, you try out and they are a very talented athlete that had no idea. And then the bug that they get bit by is actually like the fundraising. They're like, Oh wow, this is really amazing that we get to like do this. Like you go to events, but at that like check presentation or any of those things, when you actually can see the help, the good that you're doing and the help that you're providing, those people are like, wow, this is actually really cool all the way from other people that have said like, I 
woke up one day and I needed to make a change, whether it was I wanted to get involved in my community or I've heard from several people say like, I always wanted to be a cheerleader and I was always too scared to do so. Because the big secret is that every single human in life had some blonde cheerleader be mean to them in high school, myself included. And I am a blonde cheerleader, even though, even if it is like the everything else about it, you always wanted to do, but a lot of people maybe never had the courage in themselves. And especially when you're, especially when you're a teenager, because life's real tough when you're a teenager. <laughs> so, so many people are like looking to, to do this thing that they've never got a chance to do. And you can do that. So at, apart from if you have a very demanding work schedule or time, you know, apart from time commitments and if there's any dues or financial commitments, other than those two sort of caveats, not a reason to not, not a reason to not. I, don't think. I think the counter to that would be, tell me why you shouldn't. I don't think you're going to come up with any answers. PCA is if actually the member teams at this point, they represent so much. I think the biggest thing that I see across all of PCA as a whole, is a sense of community and being a gay man, being someone in the LGBT community, sense of community and finding yourself and finding that network and finding your family so you can grow and be bigger and better and give back and support others. That alone is reason to get involved. Whether you want to be a physical performing volunteer or you just want to get involved because this organization has needs like any nonprofit and you just want to see it succeed and thrive, that is enough reason to to get involved with a PCA team. My initial response to this would be, yes, absolutely, do it. Please either join an existing PCA team or start one of your own. Initially started with just a handful, mostly on the coasts, and then they just started sprouting up all over the place. Something that PCA is really good at is providing community visibility and also broadening the reach of a charity to a national or even international level. And that's something that I think each PCA team will have in common is wherever we travel, we will raise money and charitable dollars in that region, in that locale, and we'll donate it to the same region or locale. So the charitable funds that we raise really do stay local. And I think that's something really special that the PCA teams like to do. And so again, going back to the question, if they're asking me if they should get involved, yeah, yes, please start one. That's kind of also what PCA is. PCA is not just a collective of like-minded teams. It's also a resource for new teams to start wherever there might be interest or ability. So obviously, anybody who wants to start a new team, go to pridecheerleading.org and start a team. There are resources there to get, get you started, and it's, it's really a wonderful experience, and it, it gives back all the work that you put into this team. You get repaid in dividends, and it's pretty awesome. Yes, if you're interested, start a team, and don't forget that all of this information will be in the information for the episode. Felina, how about for you? Why aren't you already involved? <laughs> What's taking you so long? Hurry up, join. In fact, join my team. We need people. Move to Salt Lake City. <laughs> we were one of the gayest cities in the nation several years ago. The advocate, you know, said Salt Lake City is one of the gayest cities in the nation. I had no idea. Yeah, Salt Lake City is surprisingly very gay, gay friendly. What are your 
collectively your favorite memories within PCA, if you can narrow it down? PCA memories don't really have one because each team has this unique flair that they offer and we call ourselves PCA. And so I would I would say kind of two things. I think from a physical aspect and the idea of PCA and all these people who are very like-minded for the same cause, I was saying in 2018, when we went to Paris and we performed at Gay Games in Paris, when 150 people approximately run out into the stadium field and we're, the, we're performing for a three-minute piece in front of all the performers and all the guests, that is just a magical experience because it's not that we're on stage in front of others, but this is one of the rare times that we get together with our brothers and sisters from other teams. And it's just a very special moment. And when you go back and look at the caliber to which we're all working together, it is the unity of what, what we are. PCA as an organization perspective, I think a really good memory would be my time as president of, of PCA, which actually happened to coincide with going to Gay Games Paris. And this was the first time that PCA officially took over the lead of organizing the, the go to a Gay Games. And so being able to get so many people to go and experience what that's about and see the value and feel the value of, of being a, a PCA volunteer that's just something that I think is just amazing. And, you know, I look forward to it being replicated time and time again as we move forward. My favorite PCA memory was my very first San Francisco Pride in 2011 before PCA was officially PCA. And here San Francisco had a competition going on for SF Pride that year, as in we're going to break the teams down. Each team would raise more money, would win you know, the awards, they put it as a competition. I single-handedly, as a volunteer standing out there doing that, outraised almost all of the teams that showed up. (laughs) That's incredible. Folsom, the team from Folsom we had at the time, they took first place. Cheer SF took second place. I single-handedly took third place. (laughs) But I do have like a top five. The through line is the same because it happened more than once. Well, I'll tell you two. Cheering at gay games in general, and then I've been to two, the same thing happened where as PCA, we show up er, a couple days early, we put together an opening routine that involves everyone. You learn it, we perform it. The moment where you're putting on your, it was true New York. I put on my true New York uniform and I'm cheering all of the cities and countries as I walk by. When New York City walks by, you get to be excited. But when you look at your friends at Cheer Seattle, at Cheer LA, at Cheer San Francisco, Cheer wherever, when their cities walk by, they get the same hype. And immediately after that, we change from our member team uniforms into our PCA uniforms where everyone has the same uniform. And we go from being separate but united teams to being one giant organization of PCA. And that is such an, I mean, like, in a way that like, and I like, I don't really do, I'm like hippy dippy, but like I keep my feelings inside. In Paris, which is my second game, it like took me by surprise, even though I had experienced it once already just how like I got tingles like I got chills because I was like this is really cool like the other part that is not necessarily about PCA as a whole but about being a PCA member team it's marching at pride you get to see your community Um, you get to see people's smiles you see again everyone under the sun I remember being a teenager going to my first pride and seeing the people marching and I was like wow this is this is incredible like this like there you, you get a sense of that you're part of something bigger than you but more importantly I think when you see smiling cheerleaders that are so diverse in how they look and what they do, it's such a juxtaposition. As I said, there's 
everyone can think of the cheerleader that was mean to them in high school. And when you see cheerleaders that are like, yeah, you know, yelling happy pride and being there to support, like cheering on you and say, like, it's such a, it's such a special moment. Cause it's really, I feel like as cheerleaders in specifically New York city pride, you really get to connect with some people and help them know that they're not alone. But again, it's amazing when you think about like that same thing is probably happening in Seattle, in San Francisco, in Chicago, in Philly, in Colorado. You know what I mean? Like we are all helping and changing and affecting people for the better, I think. All right. So (laughs) again, the list. So what is my favorite PCA memory? So it could be the celebrity of it all, like opening for Britney Spears when she was on Good Morning America and a friend of mine touched her. It could be the skills and spotlight aspect, you know, throwing full twisting baskets or a Vogue Vogue shablam basket toss at gay games in Cleveland in a superhero suit, nonetheless, with I need a hero blasting and the entire stadium focused on me. But those those are important memories, but we're getting closer and closer to the favorites. It could be that donation aspect. So when the former PCA president, Anthony, and I got dressed up, had squirt, which was our champagne, I met him at his work. We sat on a computer and we finally clicked send on the wire transfer to our first large PCA donation. It amounted to $5,000 from Gay Games in Paris um, that divided between a local charity called Le Refuge in Paris and the Gay Games Scholarship Fund, which helps promote inclusion of athletes that are financially having a rough time and getting themselves to these international events. So those donation moments really, really stand out to me. We're getting really close. Second runner up, it could be those like grassroots surprise success moments. Like when I get the actual IRS letter in the mail, it's Christmas time, 2016. I, you know, I had done all the right steps, but the physical letter, like it's still creased from, you know, being in the mail. That was just a culmination of a lot of very difficult digging through state and federal paperwork to make this happen. So the the grassroots successes, getting that IRS letter for PCA, it's really going to be those close personal moments that are the best memories of being in PCA. So we're, we're going to talk about friendships that last longer than lifetimes here, and it's going to get a little sad, but you'll 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 make it. Um, so my, the last pride performance that I did on a main stage, which was San Francisco pride, it was 2014 before I got pulled away from San Francisco by force, um, and moved to Seattle. But this, uh, this pride performance on main stage, that was a really difficult and daring pyramid sequence that they, you know, I mean, I, I taught it to the team um, and I was in it and it like death dropped from like three stories high straight through, got caught upside down, you know, head first and then split up back to the top. Um, so it was this crazy pyramid sequence and it had been going wrong all day for one reason or another. I don't know. But it was the Sunday main stage performance. It hit. It was a little wiggly, but the crowd helps you get it back up. It lands. It flips back, flips back up, hits the splits. I finished the pyramid and I started crying and I did not cry because of the pyramid. I'll tell you why I cried because as I was transitioning right before building that pyramid off stage is the next team that is going to perform or the team that had just performed. 
And Cheer Los Angeles was standing right there. And Brooke Powers Wilson was standing right there. And she had gotten a melanoma diagnosis earlier. And she wasn't looking that hot, but she was feeling very ready to be there. And we had had a conversation at someone's house the night before about having kids and like moving on with life and spreading the cultism of PCA. And she was just so encouraging of anything I wanted to do. And so I transitioned before this pyramid and like saw her that close. She's off stage. I'm on stage, but I saw her that close. And I was just like, she told you to do this. So you will do it because you can do it because you can do anything. And I just, with her power, did the pyramid sequence, cried like a baby, finished it off, and then had those babies that she told me to have and founded PCA as she told me to do. But yeah, so it's those those close personal moments, the friendships that last longer than lifetimes that make PCA what it is. Yeah, a, a couple of months later, we celebrated her life. So thank you to Brooke and her legacy. I did get chills. I just had to tell you that. I know. So special. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's so difficult but thank you for sharing yeah she's important to pca we can't release a video without a clip of her in it (laughs) the video is old and crappy but it's got to be in there i love that that's so special is there anything that you want the world to know about pca pca is the most awesome organization in the entire world it's what i would say we're a great organization we are open to Anybody and everybody who wants to be a part of, we'd love to be able to get like international teams going. That would be awesome. You know, we'd love to get together. We're such a great, great family when we're together. It's just the support we give give one each other and the camaraderie that we have for one another is just tremendous. And through that camaraderie, we're able to do so much good for all the communities we go out to and reach. It's just an amazing organization. And I hope everybody makes a PCA team in their town and that we just grow tremendously from here on out. You know, one of the things that uh, we, we had in one of the uh, routines in the music and kind of something we say was PCA worldwide. And I think the idea that PCA is a community, it really is worldwide. No matter where you go, you have this connection. And so the one thing I see about PCA is it really is a beacon of hope for us. Um, I know as a volunteer, when I see volunteers move to new cities, the first thing they now do is they start searching out PCA teams. Um, Or they have a friend who's going to move. And the first thing they tell them is, look into a team. Hey, we have a friend who's moving. So it's, it's like this lighthouse that we can all look to and whether you're in the cheer world or you're an extension of the cheer world and PCA, if you're part of this connection in this community, it's something, it's this beacon of hope that you can always come to. And it really is a safe space as we kind of started with earlier. It is, it's a really um, amazing thing. Yes. Despite maybe not being formalized in some way all over the world, we are still present all over the world. And what I mean when I say that is, even before PCA was founded equally, right before I joined CheerSF, the team was invited to perform overseas at Singapore at some celebration, some parade, and even made it onto the front page of the Singaporean local newspaper, which is pretty insane. And since then, CheerSF has literally been everywhere. I remember my first or second year on CheerSF, we were invited to perform at Edmonton, Pride up in Alberta, Canada. 
And at that time, there was a cheer Edmonton, I believe. Since then, we've had people from all over the world come to the States and practice and train with cheer SF and perform with cheer SF for weeks or months at a time, just to get a feel for what it means to be on a PCA team. So our reach is very global. And gosh, even there was a cheer Dubai at some point, not too long ago. It was started by a, a former performer with Cheer New York. So we have an impact worldwide. And it's so cool to be able to acknowledge that. There are teams that pop up in Edmonton, Canada, Cologne, Germany, Australia. There were at one point seven teams in Australia under the brand label of Ignite. And I'm still in contact with some of their original founders and performing members who I got to perform on the SF Pride stage right next to. He brought us all little koala keychains. It was amazing. I'm going to shout you out, Dion. So the international, like I said, as we have been very um, legal-minded in forming this organization, we've made sure that it could be reestablishable in other countries. We haven't written the rules too far into a box so that we could definitely accept international teams. Can you let us know maybe teams that might be on the horizon? I, I don't know if I can let you know. I do have some things that I can share. So I'll preface this with there are PCA teams in development all over the place. Whether we know about them or not is, is one of the factors here. But if we've even heard so much as and a single email from a single human saying, I am interested in this, I write it down and I don't forget anything. So without revealing uh, whether this is just the seed of an idea from a couple of humans, or if this is a fully functional developed team that's been around for ages and just hasn't like sent in the PCA application yet, I will list, I feel like maybe I should say the state instead of the city. Mm, no, I'm going to say the city. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Your audience is far too important for me to hide this level of detail, Bo. And I know you're based in Seattle, but I'm sure, I'm sure you have listeners all over the place. And just the little mention of a city might inspire someone somewhere to get in contact, info at pridecheerleading.org, to get in contact with me. And maybe that one email that I got, I can connect them with your listener and the team will start tomorrow. So here we go. I'm going to say the cities. Sure. The only person who would get mad is me. So, all right, here we go. Atlanta, Albuquerque, they're not in alphabetical order. Sacramento, Las Vegas, Raleigh, North Carolina, Dallas, Indianapolis, Boston, Miami, Atlanta, Phoenix, Honolulu, Philadelphia, Riverside, and San Diego. And I know Riverside and San Diego are really close. I'm from San Diego. So I'm trying to hook those people up. That's awesome. That's a lot. And I might have forgotten some. So if you're a listener and you emailed me and I just didn't scroll far enough today when I was making that list for you, email me back. We've got plans. <laughs> Super excited to see where all of that goes. We're at that point in the episode. Can you tell me what's next for Pride Cheerleading Association? What should we be looking out for? If I had to say what is next, I would say it's strengthening the educational summit. It's helping teams to become stable so that they can weather the storms of things like the COVID pandemic and it's ways for them to really maximize the value that they bring to their volunteers and community. There is no one right way. No team is better than another. Our geographic areas mean that we're all going to function slightly different. And so I think PCA is just going to 
refine and enhance what they do so that all the member teams continue to get stronger. PCA is not going anywhere. Uh, they are getting stronger and stronger every day. And I think the next big showcase with PCA is to, you know, bring our idea of charitable cheerleading to Hong Kong, partnering with the Federation of Gay Games and getting out there. It's a whole different community. You have different cultural standards, you know, different ways of thinking and to get out there and really expand that. And if the sport of cheerleading can help to make it happen, we're there to help it happen. Lot, you should be looking out for new teams joining soon. We should be looking out for people coming back together. I think that's the big thing. I think we've all been doing so many good work, being responsible, staying socially distanced, trying our best to still fundraise as we can. And I think that is really the next thing that you're going to start to see for from a member team place. I think you're going to start to see a lot of teams having their tryouts, which is like prime time to join a team if you're in that city. Looking forward to SimCity in 2022 and Gay Games in November of 2022, which is not that far away, I tell you. So what's next for PCA? Next, actually, our pro shop goes live today. Um, so if you want to score some of that OG PCA logo merchant, it is available now. <laughs> Our pro shop has just reopened. So you can score some of that glittery PCA logo, the OG merchandise. You can find it on PCA's social media posts and on our website. The reason why you should score some of that OG merch is because PCA might be rebranding soon. Um, so we're always thinking about regeneration, innovation, creativity, representation, meeting the community where it's at. And if the community keeps changing, we've got to change with it. So the idea of a rebrand for PCA wouldn't change our purpose and wouldn't change the fact that we are here for perpetuity, but we might refresh our look just a little bit. We have an expert team internal of people that are within PCA who have either done marketing as a career or learned marketing through their experiences with PCA who are putting together a guideline, if you will, of how the PCA brand should always be represented and updating the logo. So exciting. How would you recommend someone who's interested get involved? That's really quite easy. Every team has a website. Almost every team has fully functional Facebook and Instagram. Find these teams on their social media platforms, go to their websites, or if that's too hard, you can just email info at pridecheerleading.org. I get those emails like several times a month. Hey, I'm interested in being a charitable cheerleader for the LGBTQ community. How do I start? So then what I would do is direct that interested party to one of the teams nearby. And if there's no team nearby, start a team. This is my favorite thing to do is help people just from the seed of an idea and three to five friends and a lot of passion um, go from just that to PCA in whatever their, their permitting timeline will be. Thank you all so much for your time. This has been such a great conversation. Really appreciated being able to sit down virtually with you all, despite our various places across the country. So thanks. And hopefully we'll get to chat soon. Yes, you're welcome. And I hope to see you again soon. Long Beach is a year away. So big hopes. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. My pleasure. Of course. Great to connect. (laughs) Bye. All right. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks again to Valina, Anthony, Quinn, Colin, and Sarah from the Pride Cheerleading Association for coming to talk about PCA and really so much about community today. 
think that's what it really all boils down to. There are several ways you can donate to PCA. I will put that link below. Also, you can visit their website, www.pridecheerleading.org. You can find PCA on Facebook at Pride Cheerleading Association, on Venmo at Pride Cheerleading Association, and also on PayPal at Pride Cheerleading Association. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow along for more at Bow My God Pod on Facebook and Instagram. We're also now on Twitter. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.